Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. I'm gonna tell you the guests on the show receive gift certificates too. Roost Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply serving a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roost Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue, the 99th uh, Roos Chris Open. Have to be a little bit creative to uh, get into the parking lot there these days. The city's ripped up uh, large swaths of downtown Edmonton, to be frank with you. But uh, Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. All right, without further ado, for Brent Ridge Ford out of Wetaskiwin, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. One of the orders, two radio play-by-play voices, Cam Moon. Hello, Cam. How you doing? Doing great. What's happening there today? I haven't seen you for like two and a half weeks. It's this isn't right. The, yeah, we're this, gonna we're gonna change this. We're we're gonna change this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, it, it's funny. How many how many questions do you get, or calls do you get, or questions do you get around? How's it gonna work in the building this year? Because you know what? Right now, you and me are sitting as broadcasters, going. How's it going to work in the building? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> right. Oh, almost everybody you talk to. Right. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, I mean, that's great because the interest is high. That's wonderful. Uh, unfortunately, we don't really have answers, which would be way better if we did. But right. what are you going to do? I guess we're, we're flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So, we'll see. There we go. Way to, way to, way to really uh, clarify that whole situation for us, Cam. <laughs> well, I know you didn't have much more than that. Oh, there we go. All right, look, let's, let's get to a couple different topics here. Uh, before we talk about sort of the here and now with the Edmonton Oilers, during your time in Red Deer, I was thinking, can you rate the top two or three tough guys that went through there? And I'm going to give you a couple names. Stephen Pete and Jim Vandermeer, where would those guys be? Right near the top. Right near the top. Um, I'll give you my Stephen Pete story, which really drove the point home. And granted, it was a it was a different time in the WHL. 
but uh, it was 98-99 season. Uh, Red Deer's in Prince Albert. Craig Brunell's playing for Prince Albert. He's a pretty tough customer himself. And, and Brunell hits Pete with a pretty solid elbow uh, to the point where Pete's a little bit wobbly on his skates and he gets really upset. So he figures out who did it because it was a bit of a flyby, goes into the corner, starts at it with Brunel, which then leads to a five-on-five melee, which isn't that big a deal back then. That used to happen. But what did become a big deal was that Pete and Brunel got separated first, eventually, and put into their respective penalty boxes. And the linesmen then went back into the corner to help break up the other four tilts. Goaltenders weren't in it. Steve and Pete was still upset with Brunel. So they're very small penalty boxes in Prince Albert at the Art Hauser Center. So Stephen opened the penalty box door... <laughs> got out, went over to the other penalty box, which Craig Brunel uh, opened up his side of the box. Pete went right into the home team penalty box and fought Brunel again. And poor Jeremy Getzinger was already in there for some infraction earlier. He got caught in their tight boxes. So he was pushed up against the back wall while these two were going toe-to-toe. And then the door swung shut, and the linesman couldn't even get in there to break it up. So it had to break itself up. But I watched that. Uh, The place was going absolutely crazy. And, yeah, Stephen Pete, uh, an incredibly tough customer. He had uh, him and PJ Stock went rock'em sock'em robots. Like, they just traded them. But I also remember when Pete was a rookie and Chris Neal was a rookie, they just – like, it was no defense at all. Like, you know, Darren Langdon was a very strong, technical, undersized fighter. Was not a 6'4", 230-pound guy. He was, you know, 6'6", 210. 212 to 215. Aaron Downey, who mm-hmm. knocked out Jesse Bullery's. Uh, and I got a connection through Aaron, through uh, my sister married Aaron's brother. He he was a guy that could really smart technical fighter. Stephen Pete was a cowboy, man. He oh, just yeah. stood back and chalked him. Like, Rudy Postcheck, old school, was like that. He, I think he predated you, Cam. In oh, the I, rem- I remember watching him play, though. Yeah. And he was a guy, no defense, and and he was a bit of a bleeder. So we mentioned uh, a bleeder. Oh, Cam, he was. Robin Brownlee would be listening right now and be totally agreeing because he was up in uh, the loops at that time. Uh, So Stephen Pete was one, and I was wondering, would Jimmy Vandermeer been top three all time too? Yeah, right, right up there. Jim Vandermeer was well on his way to absolutely destroying the Red Deer Rebels' all-time penalty minute. career leader going into his 20-year-old year and then didn't do it because his 20-year-old year, by that time, nobody would fight him. So he, he didn't put up, you know, huge pims that last year. And he played extremely well and garnered himself a major contract with Philadelphia uh, as a 20. Now, Vandermeer and Pete, while teammates in Red Deer, then Pete got traded during that 98-99 season, went to Tri-Cities. The next year, he goes to Calgary. Calgary comes into Red Deer, and Stephen Pete and Jim Vandermeer are friends. And they played together for a few years. Like, they were good buddies. But everybody wanted to see it, and it's a sold-out rink and lots of Calgary fans. And, 
And Stephen Pete certainly wasn't looking for it. Jim Vandermeer felt like, let's give the fans what they want. So he goes over and asks Stephen in the middle of the play, nowhere near the puck, of course. And 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 Pete was like, yeah, sure. So they drop the gloves, they take off the lids. Pete's got a big smile on his face until he got popped with the left jab right in the mouth to start the fight before uh, Jim went with the left to grab and then throw with the with the right, popped him with the left before he grabbed the jersey, knocked the smile off his face. They proceeded to, to beat the heck out of each other toe-to-toe, and the place went absolutely crazy. A different time, but my word, that was entertainment. Now, Cam, you also witnessed one of the great hockey moments Everybody focuses on the greatest world junior team of all, all time, and that took place during the 0405 lockout. But something occurred coming uh, out of the conclusion of Canada's gold medal victory that year in North Dakota. Yes. And, uh, and between Red Deer and Calgary. So share the story with us. Okay, so it's after the 2005 World Junior Championships. And while you were on vacation, and I was uh, helping out with, uh, with Brendan Escott, I had Colin Fraser on to tell this story, and it was so World Juniors 2005. Brent Sutter's coaching. Colin Fraser and Dion Phaneuf from the Red Deer Rebels play on Team Canada. Ryan Getzlaff and Andrew Ladd from the Calgary Hitmen are on Team Canada. One of the best Team Canadas of all time. They win gold medal going away. In fact, uh, the only game that was close was the semifinal against the Czech Republic. Other than that, uh, it was a bit of a pump show. So it's the first game between Calgary and Red Deer after the World Juniors. So sold out rank, you know, we'll, we'll acknowledge the, the gold medal winners and, you know, a lot of grip and grins and oh, we're all happy to be here and, uh, you know, don't we all love each other. So it's the start of the game. The puck gets dropped and Dion Phaneuf fights Andrew Ladd. Like right there, right at two seconds. There's 19.58 left on the clock. And... We've got this tilt of teammates just, you know, a week before winning a gold medal. Place goes bananas. Colin Fraser, God love him. God love him. Could could see the opportunity here. So those two go to the penalty box. The place is just buzzing. Uh, sold out rink, it's buzzing. Colin Fraser looks at Ryan Getzlaff and says, hey, how about us? And, of course, you know, Getzlaff doesn't want I mean, these guys are all buddies. And Getzlaff was like, well, no, no, no. And Colin's like, if there's ever a time, this is it. <laughs> so he, he conned him into doing it. So those two go, next drop of the puck. Now we're at 1956. We've had two fights between all the World Junior guys. The place was crazy loud because you have a lot of Calgary fans there. It, it was an amazing night at the rink. And those four guys, I'm sure, laughed about it after the game. In fact, they were probably laughing about it in the penalty box at the time, but just amazing. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. Cam Moon joining us, one of the Oilers 2 radio play-by-play voices. Jack Michaels, by the way, will be on uh, tomorrow's show, so good stuff. I remember, I don't know if you were, if, if, Cam, if you saw the fight, but Jim Vandermeer, as an Oiler, ended up fighting Milan Lucic, and uh, it was right in front of the Oilers' goal. What had happened is Dustin Penner had flattened Lucic with a hit, and Lucic wasn't sure who hit him. And so he went back to the front of the net, and uh, lo and behold, boom, it was on, right? It was going. Yeah. And it was it was just before Penner got traded to the L.A. Kings. And so 
during the course of the fight, Jim Vandermeer, when he uh, switched from righty to lefty, was laughing during the fight with Milan Lucic. Like, it was really quite... And this is when, with all due respect to Luch, who's still, you know, right now in the league, he's probably a top-five guy. He had a little bit more appetite to engage back in, like, 10-11. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was a younger player, and it's like, I'm not taking any crap. That was that, I think that was the game that Nathan Horton dropped Theo Peckham to. And Theo, to me, was never the same after that scrap. But does that sound like the Jim Vandermeer, you know, a guy that would sit there oh. and start laughing during the middle of a fight with Milan Lucic? Would find it out. Yeah. He, like, he rarely fought angry. Like, that was the thing. Like, he, he would do it. And I was growing up in the, the Vandermeer house uh, from Caroline, Alberta, and there's six boys, and all of them pretty tough customers, even though Jim's probably the largest. He would be the largest. Pete was a fair size uh, guy once he got to pro, uh, was still maybe undersized in junior. But they're all really tough customers. And, you know, just growing up in that house, and Jim was the fourth one down the line. So, I mean, he would have dealt with it you know, daily <laughs> growing up. But yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. It was more than willing, more than game, and and a guy that when he came in as a seventeen-year-old, I mean, he bounced between forward and D, and from the time he started in the WHL to the time he ended, he really like he was a good fighter for sure, but he was a really good player. Like yeah. he came a long way in the way he could play the game and defend. And, and be smart, and his leadership qualities were off the chart. If you ask Jim to get something done, like make sure the team d- does this or does that, it got done. Like there was no two ways about it. All right, I got one more name, and people are texting in, and we got Cam Moon with us. Of course, you spent 22 years in Red Deer. I think you – did you miss Aaron Asham, or were you did, were you there for his last year? No, I I missed Aaron. I did watch him play a lot, but I wasn't broadcasting the games then. But uh, I have connected with Aaron over a few times uh, in the last couple of years. Because he he he's a really oh. and not a big guy, but he could really no. swing. He could like right from his ankles, he was letting them go. Like, and when he came in as a sixteen, I mean, he was. Like he, he never became a real big guy, but like there wasn't much to him that first year, and he took on just about anybody. Like, yeah, yeah that guy was uh, he was you couldn't you couldn't uh, take him light because he hit really hard. Yeah, and I mean a guy that played over seven hundred game, almost eight hundred games in the yeah. NHL, and got a thousand pims. Cam Moon joining us. So Cam, the orders have Darnell Nurse, they have Zach Cassian. Um, but they don't have – it's interesting because we're getting texts right now, and we've got some old – I would say they'd be more of the old-school listeners. I do have a cons- – I don't want Nurse fighting too much. No. Um, and some have suggested maybe they needed a different type of dimension uh, available to their fourth line. Now, it should be noted that Ken Holland's team, he did employ Aaron Downey. But, uh, you know, certainly the last few years he was in Detroit, they didn't have a lot of toughness. Where is your headspace with that right now in the National Hockey League? I mean, we looked at the New York Rangers, and they went and got Ryan Reeves. And everybody's going to be stoked to watch the Rangers play. Was it the Rangers that got Reeves? Or Yeah, it was the Rangers that got Reeves. So uh, to watch the Rangers and the Washington Capitals play. Where is your headspace with that right now as a former WHL goaltender yourself and a guy that's uh, been connected to the league for the last 30 years? Now, I, I realize that the, the game has uh, has moved towards more skill, uh, more speed, all those things. And, yes, you need those things 
to win. But you also need a physical presence, and you see it in the playoffs, I mean, year in, year out at the NHL level, that if your team's real light or plays soft in any way, you get eliminated real early if you get in at all. Uh, so I, I think there's a place for it. I, I know that even though the game's different and the mindset has changed generally, uh, that if you're on the ice and there's somebody out there that uh, can provide that physical presence, you most certainly want that on your team. And intimidation is still part of it. Uh, if Ryan Reeves is on the ice, and he's going to get everybody's attention. Nobody wants any part of that. Not many, that's for sure. Uh, and I still think there's a place for it, as long as you can play, of course. I mean, that, that has changed. It, you don't have that that threat on the fourth line that quite honestly can't play at that level. But uh, to have that, to me, I think it is a huge advantage uh, because you're going to go up against teams down the line that have it. And if you don't, good luck to you. And, and if they don't have it, well, you're probably going to get over on them. Uh, because yeah. of it, so yeah. I think I think there's a place for it. I, yeah, I'm a. Li- I gotta tell you because I don't want Darnell fighting a lot. I mean, you're paying a defenseman starting next year nine. You know, what is it? Yeah. Nine, nine million bucks a year. Like that guy needs to play 25 minutes a game and totally spot pick. Like he can't be taking a fight with a Lucic. That's just the way. It, no. So I, I mean, surely there, there's a seven hundred and fifty thousand or eight hundred thousand dollar year guy that's hungry to do that sort of job. Russ on the north side says, uh, Bob and Cam, I had the best view of those two iconic fights you mentioned uh, between uh, the World Junior guys. I was one of the linesmen for that game. I think we know who Russ on the north side is. Uh, don't you know everybody in the north side, Cam? Yeah, well, I don't know if I know everybody, but I know Russ. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, he was on the ice for that. Another texter says, ask Mooner about Steve McIntyre. Uh, was he not a great heavyweight for the Rebels? How much did he play for Red Deer? Well, that's the thing. I He didn't play that long in in Red Deer. And, and quite honestly, at that point, like he became a great heavyweight. Uh, but more at the pro level, like he was – I thought he was a, a decent fighter at the NHL level. He wasn't. He didn't quite have it all put together yet. Like I know his was it his, his first year. He fought Jim Vandermeer and he lost. Yeah. But but he like he got better and better and he actually got better in pro. Uh, but in Red Deer, like he was only there for twenty games, so we, we didn't see. We didn't see a lot, whereas, you know, Jim Vandermeer played four years, so you, you get a real good idea. But there was no question that McIntyre was a, a tough guy and was only going to get better at it, which he did, and uh, was able to, to fight his way to the National Hockey League. And we, a real nice kid. We, all right, so when you were playing for the Saskatoon Blades in the 80, in, in late 80s for Terry yeah. Ruskowski, who was, ne- who was afraid of no one himself when he played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, uh, specific to the Eastern Conference, were there a couple guys in the East that uh, that other, you know, <laughs> the heavyweights in your team were a little bit leery of? Well, when we would play Medicine Hat, the word in the room would always be just leave Danny Cordic alone. Uh, Danny's an Edmonton guy. Uh, I played against him in minor hockey. Awesome guy. But he was really tough. So it was, you know, just, 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 Leave Danny, but Danny played a lot too because he was good. But he was 
if he dropped the mitts, it could uh, definitely, you know, definitely, you know, get going. Uh, Jeff Rogers was in Brandon. Uh, he was a, a pretty tough customer for sure. Um, not, not a big guy, um, but like he could throw hard. So you kind of left Audgers alone if you could. He used to stand in front of the net, and I'll tell you, like Bob, there was no way I was going to touch this guy, like, like no chance. So uh, he would certainly be up there too. So and we had Mark Rader in Saskatoon. He's from Leduc. What about so Reed, he, what about Reed Simpson? Oh God, Reed Simpson could throw. He was in Prince Albert. He's from Flon, I believe. Uh, he was a Flyers pick. Yeah, that guy was. That guy was really tough. Yeah. Like, oh, he played yeah. forever. Like people, I know. Like Reed, or sorry, uh, well, Reed Simpson played three hundred. Uh, you know, but he was he was played. He was with the Flyers and Minnesota, yeah. New Jersey, Chicago, Tampa Bay, St. Louis, <laughs> Montreal, Nashville. He played a he played a long, long time. You know, like 12, 13 years. There was somebody else. Oh, Jimmy McKenzie. Uh, you would have missed him. I think he was. Yeah, already I missed Jim McKenzie. Yeah. Jim McKenzie's a, a guy that uh, I remember his first NHL fight was with Dave Brown. He did fun with that. Well, he did fine because he was a lefty, right? Yep. But Jimmy McKenzie yeah. played 880 games in the league and had 1,739 pims. The Western League was a little bit different back then. Now, there are a couple. There's a, a – I know Mitch Dahl keeps telling me about this kid out that was with Seattle. It's, uh, went to L.A. Kings camp. Um, with the, He's now with uh, Vancouver in the WHL. Apparently, he's a pretty tough kid. So, I'll have to do some digging on him. Um Oh, what would his name be? Someone will text me. Hard-nosed nice. kid. He's he's from, yeah. like, uh, the Westlock area. And okay. He, and he's a uh, pretty uh, Cade McNeely. Does that sound right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the Oil Kings had a little bit of toughness, too, this year, Cam, didn't they? Who'd they bring in? On a Red Deer. Oh, they brought, oh, yeah, they got in Jackson Weeb. Yeah, he is a tough customer. He's hard to play against. Uh, Weeb will take the body. But you need to know where he is on the ice at all times. So... Uh, yeah, that that brings a physical element to the Oil Kings game, absolutely. Cam, it was fun. All right. You Thanks take, for having me on. Hey, absolutely. That's Cam Moon for our friends at Brent Ridge Ford. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Uh, we're going to tell you about something that the Edmonton Oilers have uh, gotten involved with and started. In- I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And uh, they made uh, reference of that today, so we're going to get to that when we come back at 12.54 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. 
This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. New West Travel has a special VIP trip uh, for you in about the third week of September. You can take a loved one and join New West Travel on a three-night getaway to spectacular Vancouver, B.C. New West Travel's package includes airfare and a private WestJet charter with complimentary open bar and meal, departing from private terminals, three nights in a deluxe four-star hotel, all for just $6.99. Visit Stanley Park, stroll the beaches, shop or dine in this beautiful waterfront city that is Vancouver. You need a holiday. <laughs> I don't, but you do. Uh, hey, if you've been grinding away, Vancouver could be your opportunity. Space is limited. Reach out to New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. I'm going to go 48 straight weeks. Uh, we just had Cam on from the uh, Oilers Radio Network. Brendan Escott is with us. Brendan, we'd be remiss without mentioning um, the Edmonton Oilers putting out a release today. Uh, pretty uh, cool concept. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're announcing the creation of something called Colby's Kids, which is a program that, of course, honors the memory and legacy of forward Colby Cave and provides opportunities for youth to participate in the game of hockey. Uh, basically, the release says that uh, it's trying to bridge the gap between programs like this and the actual minor hockey programs as well. Yeah, excellent uh, concept and idea, and we'll be hearing more on that over the upcoming weeks as well. Uh, again, you can keep texting us at 780-496-0063. Sid texts the show to say Darren Kimball. Uh, he could chuck him back in the day. Uh, Texter saying, Bob, what about uh, Aaron Asham, who we discussed? Pete Vandermeer was a hard-nosed guy as well. Scott Adair, I believe Scott Adair, was it not Boomer Adair? Or was that the former MLA uh, that used to be a member of the Conservative Party? And uh, Chris Dingman, who played for the uh, Brandon. Chris Dingman was a pretty good player. So in, in fairness, so was Aaron Asham. I mean, you're talking about guys. Aaron Asham had a couple 40-goal seasons in the Western Hockey League. Uh, keep texting us uh, at 780-496-0063. Lots of people uh, loving uh, Cam's addition to the Oilers radio uh, network. No, I did not see that. Bob, what about uh, Kyle Frederick, a monster of a guy? That one comes to us from Big T. I was a guy that George fought one time, and uh, Frederick had the reach on him a bit. Got uh, positioned well. Certainly was a very intimidating player in the Western Hockey League. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. And when we come back, we'll bring aboard our NHL insider, John Shannon. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.